because I had like done a workout that day and it was my first like workout back and here they are doing these incredible things. And I remember at dinner that evening, a girl who was living in my house was like, I saw you running today. She was on the field hockey team and she said, I saw you running and you were going so fast. Like, I don't know how you do that. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, I was doing great today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Runners of the Bay podcast. This is Mimi here with Bridget. Hey, Bridget. Hey, how are you? I am so hot. It is so hot here. (laughs) Yeah. It's an inferno. Yeah. I know. Someone described it to me as a kiln and I was like, yep. Oh, yeah. No, it's a kiln. It's a kiln. I wake up and I go, I've slept in these last few days because it's been a holiday weekend and I'm exhausted. Yeah. But then I I go outside for my run and it's like, oh yes, I am stepping into a kiln. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But it won't be like this forever. Right. You know, getting through it. What is it? Heat training is the poor man's altitude. So I am just getting all of my heat training in. It's going to serve me. It has to. Yeah, um, it yeah, it's pretty <laughs> sad when I get out of the car and it's like, oh, it's only 95 degrees. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Imagine how good the fall running is going to feel. Though. Oh my gosh, it's going to be amazing. Right? I can't wait. Yeah, I'm too. looking forward to it. So today's episode is with Cami Chappis. Um, Cami was a standout high school runner and then went to Stanford um, and is now doing incredible things in occupational therapy school, living in Telluride, Colorado. And it was just really great to catch up with Cammie, hear what she's been up to these last few years, um, and to get, you know, her perspective on what the transition was like from going from a high school standout to um, being a collegiate runner. And then what life has looked like post really competitive running. She still runs. She's experimenting with the trails and just loving the outdoors right now. Yeah, it was fun hearing you guys both because you guys both went to the same high school, kind of reminiscing and uh, taking a trip down memory lane about Harvard Westlake. And I think, yeah, she has an interesting story about how I think your relationship with running can really evolve. It can look like one thing Mm -hmm. where it's very driven by, um, you know, kind of national titles and recognition. um, And then it can it can either by necessity, kind of by force of injury and other things happening, um, and by your own kind of evolution as as an individual, evolve into something that's that's very different. And I think her work right now with adaptive athletes um, and pursuing occupational therapy, that seemed like an exciting challenge for her. So I really enjoyed, you know, kind of thinking about how how running can can evolve with you and how it how it definitely shifts. Yeah. It I think it's such a good story for any any runner to hear of any age, but especially high school runners getting into college and sort of not just resetting expectations, but really tapping into what you're passionate about yeah. and exploring that. Um, and that goes beyond running. And so she talked a lot about how really what she her advice she would give to, you know, a younger athlete is be obsessed with running, love running, do it, but also find things outside of it that bring you joy. So 
I just love the message that she that she gave to us all. Yeah, such a good, such a good message. Good message mm-hmm. for anyone. <laughs> yeah. So before we we get into it with Cami, let's talk a little bit about our generous sponsor, You Can. Um, after you told me about sort of the the cookies and cream you can on your Greek yogurt hack, I I started doing that with the chocolate energy and protein on my Yum. plain Greek yogurt, and it's it's a game changer. It's so good. It's something I really look forward to now after my post run. It's kind of replaced that like protein shake that I used to do, and my days have gotten incredibly busy. Like. Typically, it's so gross. I'll like come back for a run. <laughs> I won't even shower. I'll have like 10 minutes max. I'll wipe down. I'll have to get on a Zoom call. I'll pretend like everything's <laughs> fine. I didn't just go for a run. Um, but I have time to mix a little bit of you can into my Greek yogurt. And it just, it gets me through. It gets me through to lunchtime and it gives me that sustained energy. And I make sure that I'm recovering. I know that I'm getting everything I need into my body. And it's just great. I love it. Yeah. Especially when it's hot too, like, you know, kind of the cooling like yogurt I find is, is good as like an afternoon post run, run treat. I've been guzzling down the watermelon electrolyte packets. Um, Mm -hmm. I love that they have like a, you know, a good balance of sodium, magnesium, potassium, because if I'm just like sitting around sweating, just doing work on my computer, and then I go and exercise, like guaranteed I'm depleted of, of all of those core uh, nutrients and need that like really good electrolyte re-up. Um, and I feel like the UCAN does such a good job of that with just like no added sugar, no added, um, you know, kind of caloric intake. And so it's just, it's delicious and super helpful, especially when it's just so freaking hot out. Yeah. So UCAN really has something for everyone. So go to UCAN.co slash discount slash ROTB to get 15% off your order at UCAN and you'll find something that fits all of your needs. Enjoy this episode with Cami Chappis. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Runners of the Bay podcast. This is Mimi here with Bridget and our guest, Cami Chappis. Hey, Cami. Hey, thanks for having me. We're, we're so happy to have you. Um, so Cami is sort of a legendary high school runner. Um, if you Google her, just a plethora of achievements come up and, and sort of a laundry list of records um, and videos of her just totally dominating. And they're sort of too long to list here. But I, as I was doing some research, I thought something that our audience might enjoy was that you actually beat Shelby Houlihan in a mile in 2011. <laughs> so Yes, uh, this is true. Yeah. <laughs> so if you know anything about Shelby Houlihan and how fast she is now and, and how fast she must have been back then, um, Cammy beat her. So yeah, that's awesome. Another thing about Cammy that she uh, and I have in common is that we both graduated from the same high school, Harvard Westlake School in Los Angeles, California. So that was another fun connection. And we just wanted to get Cammy on the show to hear more about her experience in high school, in college, and, and what she's up to now. So we're going to get started. Um, you know, just Cammy, give us a little bit of background about yourself. Where did you grow up? Um, where are you now? What are you doing for a living now? Um, yeah, so I grew up in the Pacific Palisades, and I grew up kind of playing all different sports. And my mom was a big runner. She ran at UCLA, and my dad was a runner as well. 
And so I kind of got like pushed into it. And I remember my mom um, signed me up for cross country my freshman year at Harvard Westlake. And I didn't want to run. It was like, I thought she signed me up for the ski team. And I was like, cross country skiing. Like, why would I want to do that? We're in Los Angeles. Yeah. And I did it like, (laughs) even though I really didn't want to. And I'm so happy I did because I got to meet, you know, so many incredible people right off the bat in high school. And yeah. And then I kept running. I ran cross country and track and field. And I also played soccer all throughout high school Mm -hmm. Um, and ran in college, not the same as I did in high school. I kind of got injured and found, you know, a new path in life. Mm -hmm. And now I am, I've been living in Colorado in Telluride, Colorado for going on four years. And, um, have really discovered trail running and mm-hmm. I'm really loving the trails. It's really, really difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not nothing like running on a flat track, but um, I've really been enjoying that scene and kind of that world of running. Um, and currently I am, I just started graduate school at USC for occupational therapy. So I'm on my semester break right now. <laughs> Nice. Are you going to, is it going to be virtual going forward? So you get to stay in Colorado and learn yeah, virtually? It's been super, okay. Yeah, it's been super interesting. Like my um, program started in June uh, fully online. Mm. So I've still been in Telluride, Colorado, doing remote Zoom university learning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's been good because, you know, there's there's advantages and disadvantages to it. Right. So what made you decide to relocate to Colorado after being a California girl, born and raised? Um, So I never, ever thought I would move away from the ocean. I was like, the ocean, the beach, like that's my jam. And after I graduated from Stanford, I wasn't running anymore. And I really missed skiing and snowboarding because it was Mm -hmm. something I could never do. Uh, while I was competing. And so my friend called me up and she was like, let's go ski and tell your ride. I'm picking you up. We're driving. I packed a bag (laughs) and we went skiing. And at that time I had, um, had a huge interest in applying to occupational therapy school and working with people with disabilities. And so I ended up getting involved, um, in Telluride with their adaptive sports program Mm -hmm. and started volunteering. And then that turned into a full-time job. So I had all these prerequisites to take for graduate school. So I just kind of checked them off as I worked and lived in Telluride. That's awesome. I think if I would move anywhere, it would be Colorado or Oregon. Like I love the mountains and access to snow and trails. So yeah, it's incredible. And the mountains, like the mountains do it for me too. Like I Mm -hmm. love being out there and, um, I still, still love the beach too. And I have family in Los Angeles, so I still get to visit often. Mm -hmm. Best of both worlds. Mm -hmm. So, so let's maybe go back a little bit to high school. So you started 
running cross country in ninth grade. And it's just really funny to think of um, Mr. Coolsbergen as the cross country and track coach because he was my history teacher. And I was trying to think of like what year I had him in history. And I just, I don't know if it was eighth grade or ninth grade, but, um, but you know, so that's, that's funny. And then I I found out he was the cross country and track and field coach. And I was like, oh, cool. So you started running as a freshman with cross country. When did you realize like, Hey, I'm actually pretty good at this. Um, let me think. So I started running and I think my freshman year, I went to state and I placed in the top 10. I think that's when mm-hmm. some, some things started to click in my head that, you know, like, okay, like I could be good at this. Like that wasn't too hard, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, but I still love soccer and all the track coaches were trying to tell me to quit soccer. You're going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't do it because I loved it. And I was like, I think it's helping you know, my speed. And I do remember one instance, my sophomore year. Um, so my main event was the mile in -hmm. high school and my freshman year, I think I ran like, okay. During track season, like a five twenty maybe. And then the next year, Um, I trained and we went to a meet called Arcadia, which was a huge Mm -hmm. high school track meet. And we ran the four by 1600 and I was the anchor and I got the baton in first place and we ended up getting like fourth or something like that. And I was so pissed. Like I was so (laughs) bummed and I was like, I need to do better. And my mom Mm -hmm. even showed me the mile time. And I think it was like five Oh seven or something. And I was like, it's not good enough. (laughs) (laughs) And so then I kind of like put my head down and was like, I'm going to, you know, I still want to play soccer, but I'm really going to focus on running and like, listen to these coaches. And we had a pretty all time coaching staff at Harvard Westlake at the Mm -hmm. time we had three Olympians on our coaching staff and yeah. And so then my junior year and senior year is when I, you know, started running my fastest and, um, won state and went to these meets, uh, was in that race in New York, uh, with Shelby Mm -hmm. and, um, really just like, yeah, made a lot of incredible friends along the way and um, kind of took off from there. <laughs> wow. You know, the other thing that is super impressive is Harvard Westlake is just an incredibly challenging and competitive school, not from just an athletic standpoint. I mean, the number of Olympians and professional athletes that that school has produced um, is incredible, but also academically. Like, it's just incredibly rigorous you know, I found it more difficult than college. Don't know about you, um, but certainly prepared me well academically for college. So how did you balance the the challenging academics with also competing and performing at such a high level? Um, it was definitely tough. Like I had to manage that and balance it. And I, you know, I wasn't the student to take like all the AP courses, mm-hmm. but even the regular courses at a high school like Harvard Westlake are difficult. And, Mm -hmm. um, I have found that like, even now running is kind of like 
a meditation for me and that like, if I Mm -hmm. go for a long run or a short run, it doesn't matter. Like I'll be much more productive, um, in my work. So in my school, whether that's schoolwork or like, um, other kinds of work that needs to get done, I'm, uh, I think running ended up really helping with that. So yeah. Yeah. And a lot of the, Mm -hmm. um, my friends like on the team were very, very studious. So that helped too. (laughs) Yeah. I found a lot of the athletes actually were like some of the smartest or at the top of the class. I, um, I was an average tennis player in high school and an average student. So (laughs) I don't know, I would (laughs) put myself in that camp, but I'm definitely surrounded by people that were competing at such a high level and also just like killing it academically. And I was like, okay, there's there, maybe there's a correlation here, right? Like if you're really motivated, um, and sort of, uh, confident and really focused on athletics that translates into academics as well. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And like, I also think that you should have, you know, passions outside of your passion and, um, that balance, Mm -hmm. uh, really works for me. So I think it works for a lot of other people. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So you have a lot of school records, like all of them, basically. <laughs> um, but what what are some of your favorite memories or some of your races that kind of you hold really dear to your heart from your time there? Oh, man. Okay. Well, there's definitely a couple. Um, one would be our team four by four at state my junior year. Um, I'm sure you've heard of Amy Weisenbach Mm -hmm. as well. And so she was a classmate my year and a longtime teammate and really close friend of mine. And so we went to state that year and we both won our individual races. So I won the mile. I think it was in like 440, something like that. And she... Uh, won the 800 with the national record. <laughs> and yeah. then we had the four by four that night and it was us two um, and two seniors who were really close friends of ours. And we all bonded. And um, I remember that race so vividly. I was the second leg. So I ran the tangent and I just ran as fast as I could gave the baton to our third leg and she gave it to Amy, our anchor in like third place, but pretty close to first and second. Mm -hmm. And Amy just like takes off with a vengeance. Like, (laughs) Oh my goodness. And she just chases down, um, swings around the curve and chases down the girl in second. Um, and I guess, you know, she, she passed her on the curve and the girl kind of flailed her hands up, but didn't impede her track as far as we could see comes around the home stretch at stretch and, uh, passes the girl at first and we won. And we were like, so excited. We had a team of four girls at state that year. And I think we were looking to play second as a team mm-hmm. and, um, a guy, an official came up to us and he was like, are you Harvard Westlake? And we were like, yeah, thinking he was going to say congrats. And he was like, yeah, you're being disqualified. <gasps> and oh my, gosh. oh my gosh, it was 
devastating. And we were there the whole night trying to appeal it and it didn't happen. And especially like for, you know, Amy and I couldn't even be psyched about our races that day because we had this like devastating mm-hmm. relay. Mm-hmm. And so a couple weeks later, um, the seniors on our team were really bummed about that. And we went to uh, New Balance Nationals in North Carolina. We were running the distance medley relay. And um, that was like just piggybacking off of that four by four. That was really special because in that race we got with the same team, we got the national record. Um, And I think that record actually still stands. So that was, Mm -hmm. that was, you know, sad story, but in the end, really special. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. That has to be devastating. You're like, what are you talking about? Yeah. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. And the girls who ended up winning, um, came up to us and they were really nice. And they were like, we're these, like, you guys deserve these medals. And we're like, Oh, Mm -hmm. we know, but it's okay. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I'd say, cause track is such an individual sport. I really loved coming from like soccer. Uh, I really loved the relays and the team aspect of it. Mm-hmm. How did you handle all the kind of pressure you're in high school, you're doing well, but it sounds like you've had some really hard races, races where things went wrong personally, or there were bad calls. And you're still in high school at this point. I just can't imagine trying to balance the pressure to perform. And then how did you handle the disappointments? Like, were your coaches helpful? Was that something that you struggled with? Like, what did that look like uh, in high school for you? Yeah. um, So there's a lot of ups and downs. And we really only talk about the ups. (laughs) And... Yeah, it's a it's a roller coaster. I remember my senior year um at state meet, I lost and I lost badly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um I think Nikki Hiltz won that year and um I was I hadn't really dealt with that kind of like personal individual loss yet and my coach um Joanna Hayes who um she's an Olympian and like a huge mentor of mine still. Um, she, you know, saw me, I looked like I was about to cry. She like mm-hmm. grabbed some sunglasses. She's like, put these on. We went to the bathroom. She's like, you have two more races today. Like mm-hmm. you need to pull it together. Like, and you can cry, but cry later. Cause like a team or your team's depending on you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and, and so having, you know, a strong support system like that of like coaches and my family and teammates was huge. Cause, um, especially from, you know, a teammates perspective, like having Amy there all the time, who's dealt with like the high highs and low lows as well was really helpful. Mm-hmm. And kind of knowing that like, we're in this together takes a lot of the pressure off of it. And the next weekend, um, I was at the dream mile in New York and, um, coming off of that state race was like, ah, like, how am I going to do this? (laughs) And ended up winning and just like having fun with it and getting back to like, okay, why are we here? Like, because you love this. And, um, 
yeah, I think a lot of your friends, teammates, family, and coaches remind you of that. Mm -hmm. What was it about running over soccer that made you want to pursue that collegiately? Was it just sort of like you were such a standout in running or was there something different in your love for running that maybe wasn't met in your love for soccer? I think for, well, I think there's a couple of reasons. Like the first one being that I was just better at running. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I was good at soccer, but I think I was good because of how fast I was on the field like my ball skills Mm kind of slowly went down as my speed went up Mm. and that could compensate. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. and so I think that was definitely main reason. And, um, I kind of saw running as more of a long-term thing in life and, Mm. um, really enjoyed the community that it brought me to. And, um, yeah, I'm, it, it's still something that I'm doing now and that I think I'll be doing, you know, forever. So I, I definitely think at that age, even though I was competing and it was, um, a really like intense, exciting thing. I enjoyed the competitions just as much as like the like weekend long runs with a friend Mm -hmm. and yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, what was your, what was training like in high school? Like, what was your mileage? What were those long runs? How long were they? I, I think full disclosure, I think my younger brother did one season of cross country and he was like, this is too long and I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what year, but yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I ran fairly high mileage. Um, I think Amy, my teammate, Amy ran, um, a little bit less mileage just because mm-hmm. that's how our bodies worked. And um, what kind of we took well to. And so I think the highest I got per week in high school was around 70 to 75 miles a week. And I think on average, I kind of hung out out around like 50 to 60, Mm -hmm. um, which is fairly high for like a high schooler. Yeah. Yeah. That's like what I do now. (laughs) Yeah. My long runs weren't like super long though. I think they, um, on average were probably around like 10 miles, like once Mm -hmm. a week. So I I know some runners do very long, long runs. And now that I'm in the trail running community, people do even longer long runs. Um, so yeah. (laughs) Were you, I mean, we were lucky. We had a really nice, really nice facility is an awesome weight room. Were you doing like supplemental strength work or anything else, um, to sort of support all of that mileage? Um, not in high school. I wasn't because Mm -hmm. I had soccer and we had all these soccer drills we would do. And so that, that kind of helped that aspect of, you know, dynamic strength training Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until college that I actually started doing weight room um, exercises. Um, and I did throughout all of high school and college and still now I do yoga. Um, mm. And I really, really enjoy it. It gets me to stretch and kind of relax, bring the heart rate down a little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's been really helpful. Yeah. I love it too. I think it's such a nice 
counterbalance. Although sometimes it's like, if you're, I don't know, as a runner, I'm like, it's so hard. I just want to be like moving. And I I had to Mm -hmm. sort of train myself to be in the moment and breathe. Right. But it is such a nice, um, yeah, sort of in opposition to running. It's great. I think more runners should do yoga. I agree. It's like, Mm -hmm. I think it's not only good for like your muscles and joints and all that, but like for your headspace too. And like, physiologically Mm -hmm. to like get your heart rate down. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and you know, so that you can recover. Yeah. Yeah. So what was it like, you know, the decision to go to Stanford, um, you know, that recruiting decision and then what was your experience like at Stanford? Um, so I went and visited a bunch of schools, um, on official and unofficial visits, And I kind of, Stanford was just like this dream school that I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, maybe like my grades aren't that great. And I felt like I really loved, um, Patty Sue Plummer, who was the coach who recruited me. And I also, you know, really loved Georgetown and I loved coach Mm -hmm. Mill. And, but once I got into Stanford, I just knew, I was like, this is, this is where I'm going. Cause I felt like there were other opportunities there besides mm-hmm. running that I could really see myself being involved in. And so that kind of made the decision clear for me. And it was completely separate to Amy's decision Mm. because we both had been chatting and I knew she applied and she basically found out, I think the same weekend that I did and committed and we like carpooled to school together that morning, I think, and both told each other and we were like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Um, so that was really exciting. And, um, yeah. And I think the transition from high school to college for me was really difficult. Like it Mm. was a whole new mental game of running. I think physically I was ready to handle it. Uh, but mentally like it was a big transition for me to all of a sudden, like not have those coaches and be on a team where Mm. like I'm running with all these incredible women and, um, balance, you know, all the other things that a college student has to balance, um, on top of that. (laughs) So it was difficult Mm -hmm. and I had never been injured up until that point, which is kind of Mm -hmm. ironic because, uh, playing soccer, all my coaches were like, you're going to tear your ACL, Mm -hmm. you're going to get hurt. And it was when I stopped playing soccer that I got injured, um, with stress fracture type injuries. So, and I think, um, that adjustment was really challenging too, to, you know, learn how to deal with an injury and recover and come back from that. Mm -hmm. How long after you got to Stanford, did you start to sort of suffer from those injuries? So my first minor stress fracture was my like end of my freshman year and, that kind of like took me aback because I like didn't really know what a stress fracture was. Mm-hmm. I was like, is it broken? Is it not? <laughs> I feel yeah. okay, but it kind of hurts. And mm-hmm. so I took some time off and then 
sophomore year, I really trained a lot and ran a lot and for ran like fairly well sophomore year. I think I made it to like regionals and was just kind of burning out, um, by Mm -hmm. the end of that Mm -hmm. year. And I kept running and I ended up really hurting my ankle, kept running on my ankle. And then the left side of my sacrum, um, ended up getting injured because I was compensating Mm -hmm. and just running. It was in the summer. So we were training for cross country and I uh, was running a lot of miles <laughs> on it, compensating and ended up getting a stress fracture in my sacrum. And so that took me out for the fall. And that's also kind of when Vanessa and I became very close, um, because, uh, she was starting to run a lot and, um, I kind of was getting injured and she was a huge mm-hmm. support through that. And mm-hmm. yeah, so, I, after that injury that kind of took me out for all of cross country, I was kind of burnt out. I wanted to try to find like another passion because running was my entire world. It was like, I'm going to the Olympics. I'm doing this. I'm going to run after college. And it was honestly kind of a blessing in disguise because it, I, at that point I, I hated running. Like I, Mm -hmm. really didn't want to do it anymore, but I felt like I had to because it was like the like main thing I was passionate about. It was my life. And, and so I think it was a blessing in disguise because it forced me to, you know, meet people outside of the team and, um, find out like other things I'm passionate about or can see myself doing in life. So, and I definitely would not be, uh, where I am today without those injuries. So mm-hmm. how did so that did identity you, yeah. kind of shift over time? So you go from like, I'm going to go to the Olympics. I'm a runner. I'm running at Stanford. I have all these high school accolades, um, to the relationship that you have with maybe running now where you are a runner, but you have all of these other things. Like what was kind of the, how did that evolve that identity as a runner? Um, so I remember in college, like my senior year when I was kind of trying to come back from injury, but not really like my head and my heart were not in it, Mm. but I was kind of just going through the motions of like, this is what you do when you come Mm. back from injury. And I remember doing a workout and I was by myself. And like Vanessa and Ashling and everybody was doing like these incredible workouts. And I was like, God, like, how am I ever going to get back to that point? And do I want to? Mm. And I was super bummed because I had like done a workout that day and it was my first like workout back. And here they are doing these incredible things. And I remember at dinner that evening, a girl who was living in my house was like, I saw you running today. She was on the field hockey team and she said, I saw you running and you were going so fast. Like, I don't know how you do that. And I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? yeah, I was doing great today. <laughs> and so I kind of started to understand, like, you know, like pat myself on the back a little more mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. just getting back to running again. And 
So I didn't compete that year. I just decided like I talked to the coaches and I wanted to just be a support for my teammates. And I just, um, wasn't loving it anymore. I was going through the motions. I was kind of like a zombie. And so then after Mm. college, I went out to Telluride, like I said, and, um, so I started discovering all these other sports that I loved doing. And I actually ended up coaching the track team, um, for one spring, um, the Telluride high school track team. And I, it was so fun. It was really incredible to like be back on the high school scene. First of all, like, and just kind of have all these flashback memories and be so excited that, you know, someone was running a 82nd 400 (laughs) and Mm -hmm. it was really refreshing to like meet those high schoolers and have them just be out there to be out there and like make friends and have fun and compete and at all different levels. And, and so that kind of brought me back to like, okay, I really do love running and I sort of got back into it. And then my first race, um, I signed up for in Telluride. It was a trail run called Imogene. And this was probably my first, um, my first race after two years, maybe of not like getting on a starting line. Mm-hmm. And it was called Imogene and it was a trail run that was 17.1 miles up and over a mountain mm-hmm. pass. <laughs> and I'd signed up because the postman in our small little town had heard that I ran in high school and at Stanford. He like follows the running world and he's like, I'm signing you up. I'm getting you a bib number. And I was like, <laughs> okay, like I will run it if you can get me a bib number. <laughs> And it was so hard. It was it was 10 miles straight up and seven down. But the whole time I was just looking around at the views and just like taking it in and being like, wow, like I'm really, you know, in the pain cave right now, but like remembering mm-hmm. what it's like to enjoy that and mm-hmm. just be, you know, get to the peak and be like, wow, I, our bodies can do this. Like, this is pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah. Sorry if that was a big tangent. I hope I answered your question. <laughs> yeah, That's beautiful. We love, we love tangents, especially ones that, you know, take us on your run journey. Mm-hmm. Were you running trails before the, you ran the Imogene Pass? Like in those two years, were trails becoming a thing and you, that was just the first time that you lined up or what was your relationship like to trail running before that race? Um. I was running on trails. I was kind of just thrown into it because there's a big trail running community in Telluride. And, um, I kept falling a lot, actually. (laughs) I Um, fall all the time. That's why I'm like terrified of trails. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I kept falling and I, I actually ended up like my first couple months there splitting my knee open, Mm. um, and getting stitches. And I was like, okay, like, Um, if I'm in a trail run, like I need to be okay with like 11, 12 minute miles, like going uphill and like, (laughs) cause it it was an adjustment. Like you get a lot less mileage in and a lot more elevation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I think I'm still adjusting to that world of things, but, um, 
yeah, I really, I've really been in, enjoying it. And, um, I did after Imogene, I was like, okay, this is fun. Like, I think I'm going to sign up for a few more trail races. And I did, uh, a marathon, a trail marathon out in Moab and years ago, just like I said, I'm never going to move mm-hmm. away from the beach. I would always say like, I'm never running a marathon, like no way. <laughs> and <laughs> I signed up for it. And I, that race was truly incredible. Like coming mm-hmm. at Telluride's at 8,500 feet and Moab, I think is around 5,000. So Mm-hmm. coming down in elevation felt really good. And it was so beautiful. I remember the whole time just like stopping to take in the view. <laughs> and I only fell twice during that race. So that wasn't too bad. <laughs> um, but, and that race too, actually, in compared to the Imogene trail race, I started getting a little more competitive um, with the people around me, like I would start picking people off and being like, okay, like don't get too competitive now, like <laughs> keep enjoying <laughs> it. And, uh, but it felt good and it was really fun. And, um, so I think, you know, in the future, I'd like to get more into it. Um, granted I'm in school now and that's really taking over, but, mm-hmm. um, I've really been enjoying the trail running scene. You said that's something awesome. interesting, like, don't get too competitive, continue to enjoy it. Do you feel like when you are in that competitive space that it is harder to just love the run or what's, what's the boundary there for you? Yeah, I think that there is a like perfect amount of competitive energy you can have. Mm -hmm. Like if you have too much for me personally, like I can be very competitive (laughs) and (laughs) If I am too invested in something and too competitive, I will like stop enjoying it and like kind mm-hmm. of lose focus on the point of doing something. And if I'm under competitive though, then I'm just not motivated. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think finding that balance over the last like five years, like towards the end of college and out of college, like finding that balance of like, yes, I am competitive. I want to like keep signing up for races, but I also want to like reel it in a little and like, remember why I'm doing this. Cause personally, I think, um, that can kind of cloud things for me sometimes. Mm -hmm. I mean, you said when, you know, going back to your injuries and when you realized you were just kind of burning out that you hated running and then, you know, what, when did it, the shift start to like, oh, wow, I actually really enjoy it. When we talked to Vanessa, I thought one of the things that was really interesting that she said was when she was able to run with, without pain, she remembered why she loved running. She was like, oh, this is actually mm-hmm. really fun, but she had been running with pain for so long that she forgot. So what sort of brought that joy back for you? Um, yeah, I think that you know, whether we're running with like a physical pain or, uh, Mm -hmm. like mental block, mental pain, like they can both take tolls on running and take tolls on like our happiness while we're running. Um, and I think what brought it back for me was like my work that I'm in, 
um, Mm -hmm. as well as coaching that high school team and getting back to like, you know, where I started and seeing it in them. Mm -hmm. Um, but my, I had like a moment, um, a year out of college, I was working with the Telluride Adaptive Sports Program, and we do a lot of work with um, regional Special Olympic athletes. Mm-hmm. And we had a summer um, where we were doing uh, bocce ball for our Special Olympic sport. Mm-hmm. And we in the winters, we do skiing and snowboarding. And so we were every week we would practice bocce ball with our athletes. And then we had the state tournament and there was a moment where they were giving out awards and they called up this athlete and they surprised her and announced to her that she had made like the special Olympic Colorado swim team and was like going to be fly to Seattle for a um, competition and they started playing like the Olympic tune, the mm. dun, 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 dun. and yeah. she starts bawling, and I just like put my sunglasses on and lost it. <laughs> and that was a moment where I was like, "Oh my gosh! Like this is what I want to do. Like this is how mm. I want to use that like competitive, you know, energy that I had um, with running because." I'm not running competitively anymore, but like, I want to be able to support these athletes who are competing. And my dream now is to be an occupational therapist for special Olympic athletes, Mm -hmm. um, and support them in that. So, uh, I think, yeah, that really, really got me back to loving it and being so grateful and like thankful for, running and the, what it allows me to do and like that I can do it still. Hmm. Yeah. That's so cool. What, was it just kind of opportunity in Telluride or what brought you to the adaptive sport community? Was that an interest before or something that Telluride kind of introduced to you? Um, so I actually in high school, I, have family in Hawaii. So, uh, we would go there often and my mom would drag me to the track there and make (laughs) me do a workout. And I hated it. (laughs) Um, but I would do it because I was like, I know this is going to help. Um, and so we went to, um, one of the tracks there at a high school. And while I was doing my workout, there was a special, um, special, uh, education PE class doing their workout. And they were kind of just running the opposite way in in the outside lanes while I was in lane one and they were cheering me on and it was amazing. And we ended up staying like well after I was done to cheer them on and chat. And that was a really big moment for me where I was like, I like, these athletes are out here doing this. Like, what do I have to complain about? Like, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And so thinking back on that, like I, I never, I volunteered with special Olympics a little bit in high school and I just remember loving it. And then after school, um, I wasn't competing anymore and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I worked at a tech startup for a little bit, didn't love it. 
and came back to special special education mm-hmm. and ended up landing on occupational therapy because you can work more one-on-one with clients, which I really want to do instead of in a classroom setting. Yeah. And um, yeah, I kind of got involved with Special Olympics and I they, all our athletes like inspire me every season. Mm -hmm. It's pretty incredible. And we have one who has actually become a really close friend of mine. He's my age, he's 26 and he has down syndrome. And we had asked him like, Hey, what are your goals for this season? And Mm -hmm. he looks at us, smiles and just says, love (laughs) and I was like okay that should be everybody's goal (laughs) wow you know we've there's sort of been more discussion about the challenging dynamics of um sports with girls you know I mean I think track has been highlighted certainly with the article that that um, Mary Kane published last year and her story that came out Um, you know, there's been a lot in the last few weeks with, you know, some collegiate programs, I think at Wesleyan with sort of some, um, issues with the coaches and what was your experience like, um, if you don't mind sharing sort of around the issues of body image or weight or, um, sort of that kind of stuff in high school and college, did you, did you see it or was it mostly, you know, a supportive environment? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's a huge conversation that I'm glad, um, is, you know, I'm glad that people are starting to talk about it, um, in Mm -hmm. the world of female and particular female distance running, because it is a huge thing. And in high school, I had a huge support system. Like Amy and I were very healthy. We, you know, Mm -hmm. ate like what we wanted to, when we wanted to, but we're also smart about it. Mm -hmm. And we had a, a really amazing coach, Joanna Hayes, who kind of sat us down and was like, gave us a really, really great chat about, you know, your bodies are going to change. And like, she had had a baby at the time and her six pack just reformed somehow. (laughs) And I remember we were asking her, we're like, how do we get a body like that? And she Mm -hmm. sat us down after practice and was like, honey, I was born with this. Like that baby came out with a six pack too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Some people, it just shows on them. Some people are super strong like you guys are, and it just doesn't show in the same way. And that was a huge like realization for us to kind of like accept it and be like, we are strong. Mm -hmm. Like, even though it doesn't show like it does on someone else's body. And I think that was huge. Like having that female mentor, um, and support in a coach who we really respected was really big and, um, support from our teammates, like in college was big too. And, um, it, you know, I saw, um, that interview that Mary Kane, um, put out, what was it last year? And it Mm -hmm. brought me to tears because Mm -hmm. I definitely, you know, though I didn't struggle as much with 
those issues, it still would cross my mind like every week. And I knew like I needed nutrients for my, to support my body, but it, you know, it's really important, especially in college to like get that education. And I I do think there should be more education for, um, nutrition in female runners, especially with the transition from high school to college, because our bodies change much more than males do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm, so grateful that the conversation is happening um, and that people are talking about it. I, you know, honestly, during my time at Harvard Westlake, I had a pretty bad eating disorder that wasn't, it wasn't related to sport, but it, it also, it wasn't totally separate, right? Like I'm still out there looking at the other athletes in the weight room, seeing my peers and I don't know, trying to compare myself to them, especially at a school like that, where you have people competing at such a high level, you know, in, in tennis, we had nationally ranked players on the team. And I was like, well, if maybe if I'm, you know, as skinny as her or look like her, that I'll, then I'll play better. And, um, you know, there was like a little bit of support for me back then, but I, I, we had two male coaches that were the coaches of the varsity tennis team. And, you know, they didn't really talk to us about anything. Um, you know, and, and I remember getting support from teachers and certainly my Dean, but, it almost felt like there was just so much shame around it as opposed to Mm -hmm. support. It wasn't like, oh, I mean, there was, you know, you're struggling. What can we do to help you? But it was more of like, this is something we need to fix rather than this Mm -hmm. is actually something that a lot of us suffer with. And how do we, how do we have a bigger conversation about it? And how we, how do we look at like the systemic issues that are sort of contributing to it? So it's, it gives me a lot of hope that there's greater conversation around it. Yeah. And even with like the next generation of runners, um, I think it's so important to start that conversation with them. And my youngest Mm -hmm. sister, um, Elodie is 11 and Mm -hmm. she is so fast already. (laughs) She hasn't really been, you know, running because of uh, COVID times, um, mm-hmm. on a team or anything, but we took her to a race last year and she ran like a 72nd, 400 and wow. a six minute mile and at 11. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching her and I think this was around the time, um, Mary Kane's interview came out and I had a conversation with her about it, mm-hmm. about like body image and like, um, you know, what's healthy, what's not. And just like started that with her. She didn't want to have it. She was like, why are you talking to me about this? Mm, (laughs) But I was like, if you ever want to talk, like, please let me or mom know, like, cause yeah, it's, it's important. Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I also feel like living in LA kind of compounds it. (laughs) Like, oh God, Mm -hmm. we're just not living in reality when it comes to people's appearances. Um, Yeah. (laughs) What you see is so out of what the rest of, you know, the country and the world really looks like. Um, But when you grow up in that, that's what you consider normal. Um, And it's so not. It's It's so not. not. And it's so interesting too, like, you know, growing up and seeing that or seeing like um, all these like magazine pictures or pictures Mm -hmm. of posters. um, And, you know, 
I read a book recently. I read Untamed by Glennon Doyle Mm -hmm. and I love it. And she has a chapter in it where she talks to her daughter about like looking at the magazines of women and asks her to look around the room. She's like, do any of these women look like that? Mm. And she's like, no. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think, yeah, realizing like what's like real to you is so important. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It reminds me a little bit of something that you said earlier. You were talking about how you were comparing yourself when you were coming back from injury and at Stanford to your to people who were, you know, running another workout and you felt like, oh, am I ever gonna get back there? And then it was a friend who wasn't a runner who saw you running, who was like, You were running really fast. That's amazing. And I think, you know, the body image stuff and the comparison of pace stuff, like we get kind of immersed in these communities. You are a runner. So you're around runners who are running fast or who have a certain body type. And you kind of think like, this is normal. It's normal to run 80 miles. It's normal to look a certain way. And if I'm not doing that, then I'm not normal. And sometimes it requires kind of having a bigger community. And this is something that I think you've you've commented on a few times, which is like having things outside of running has helped you kind of have a healthier relationship with running. And I think that's true for like the body image stuff and just Mm -hmm. being a happy runner. You kind of have to remind yourself that like you're doing incredible stuff. It's only when you compare yourself to like the best of the best, you know, in their Mm -hmm. peak moments that you're like, oh wait, am I okay? Am I, am I not good enough? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, so true. And every now and then too, I'll like, cause I, I like running with my watch and I've been using, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Strava a bit and it's been really fun, but every now and then I'll go for a run without my watch nice. or phone or anything. And just, it feels really good. <laughs> mm-hmm. You talked to you about sort of like, oh, my trajectory, it's, you know, college Olympics, et cetera. And then, you know, you took another path that it sounds, you know, from the way that you talk about your work with the Special Olympics and occupational therapy, like you can hear it in your voice that mm-hmm. it's a passion and it fulfills you. Um, I hope I'm not making that up. I, I feel like it, it comes yeah. through, um, you know, but you you mentioned a few names of people that, you know, are on that Olympic path. And when you think about that, like, how does how does that make you feel? Is there any regret or maybe regret's not the right word, but, um, Mm -hmm. feelings around it, or are you like, that's their path and this is mine. And do you, how do you feel about that? Do you feel like content, I guess? So that was definitely an adjustment at first. Like, Mm -hmm. um, I graduated in 2016, which was an Olympic year and I couldn't Mm -hmm. even watch the Olympics. Like Mm -hmm. I fully support like my friends in it, but it was definitely hard for me to adjust to my own reality of like, okay, like you're pursuing something else and I don't know what that is going to be yet. Like, but Mm -hmm. it's not this. And it's an adjustment. Like when you think that your life is going to go one way and have all these steps and then you take a different route. So it definitely uh, was a big adjustment. And I think it took me about like a year or two out of school to um, get back to A, like loving running for myself and B, like um, 
being able to like accept this path that I'm on and like really dial my passion and that energy I had for running into working in this field of Mm -hmm. occupational therapy and special Olympics. So, um, yeah, it was a big adjustment and I am so, so excited for like Vanessa and Mm -hmm. all my friends who are still running. And I'm definitely like, um, in such a good spot with running now that like, I have absolutely no regrets. Like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, I believe that like, this is like the path I'm meant to be on. And I am so thankful that I still have running and can do it, um, as well as enjoy other sports. Mm -hmm. What kind of advice would you give to, you know, a, a talented high school runner like yourself that's sort of coming through this and, you know, has such a a huge future ahead of them. Um, but that there's a lot of eyes on right now. Yeah. Um, I guess it's difficult right now because there's not really many competitions. Yeah. What kind of advice? Yeah. Interesting times, uh, for everybody, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I guess I would say that like you just need to remember why you're doing it and like, uh, why you're passionate about it. And I like in running and in now like occupational therapy, um, and things that I'm really passionate about, I try to remember like to be so passionate about it, obsessed with it but also not take it too seriously. Mm -hmm. Like, because that's where the lines get blurred and you start to lose sight of like the happiness in it all. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I guess that would be my advice. Be passionate about it. Love it. Be obsessed with it, but also don't take it too seriously. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and yeah. And lean on your support, your community, your friends and family and coaches, um, like that's huge and everything is like mm-hmm. your, your system, your, your community. Mm-hmm. I, I'm curious too, when you were in high school, I mean, there was social media, like there was Facebook, but I think Twitter was still relatively new and I'm not sure. I mean, it, it had been around, but I'm not sure many high school year, high schoolers were using it. And I don't know if Instagram was around yet, um, but did social media play any impact, have any impact on your high school or your college running in terms of comparison? I feel like now there's just so much out there. I mean, just even in like mm-hmm. the people, you know, that Bridget and I compare ourselves to in terms of like adult women in their thirties that are running, you know, 17 minute five K's and we're like, what? <laughs> um, and I can't even imagine that must be exponential for high school students. Um, did you encounter any of that? Um, and if not, I think probably you're pretty lucky. <laughs> I think we're all pretty lucky yeah. that we didn't have that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that is huge right now. And I wasn't like, we had Instagram had come out like towards, I think my like freshman year of college or, um, towards the end of high school, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't really used like it is now. So Mm -hmm. 
I, yeah, I can't really imagine. I bet it like fuels a lot of fires, but I bet it also becomes like an obsession. And I think a lot of, like we talked about earlier, you know, body image issues and what's real and what's not. And, you know, no one's going to post on Instagram that like, Oh, I'm like feeling super down today on running. I mean, maybe they will, but, (laughs) um, but it just shows all the happy sides of everything. Mm -hmm. And so I think that can get masked too, especially in the running world. And something that I love in particular that like Vanessa has been doing is like posting her recovery process and like, Mm -hmm. what's that, what that's looking like and the ups and downs of it. And, um, you know, being super real about it. And, Mm um, yeah, I, it's super interesting how social media has really evolved. And I wonder, you know, maybe it does fuel some people's competitive fires, but, um, I'd never really experienced that with the online world of it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, I think we're all pretty, fortunate with that. Like, I'm even glad that I had a cell phone in high school, but it was like one of those Nokia phones where the only thing we could do on it was play this game called snake. Like there were, there were no, there was no iPhone. Yeah. (laughs) And that was like all we had. Um, and so Mm -hmm. I just, I feel like just, there's so much more information coming in so many more opportunities, um, for, for young girls, um, and boys, I mean, for everyone really to co- compare themselves to other people. And so, you know, kind of staying within yourself is even more important and really understanding like why you do it um, and what, how it brings you joy is sort of what keeps, I mean, I know it keeps me going. Sometimes I press that search or like explore button on Instagram and I'm just like, nope, this is, yeah. this is not self-care. <laughs> this is not mm-hmm. good. <laughs> good behavior. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sometimes I'll do that too. And I'll be like, eh, this is not going to serve me. Like, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I've kind of gotten off of social media, but especially in like these times, it just can be consuming and it's much better. I think to kind of get out there and just even like, I've been enjoying walks lately. I have a dog now, um, a really adorable black lab named Kona and she's really helped in my like process of getting back into running too, because, um, she's kind of made me go for a lot more walks and, Mm -hmm. um, just enjoying that too. And not everything needs to be like a fast run. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes it could be just like a leisurely walk with the dog, or even if you do go for a run, like a nice shuffle. I, mm-hmm. I think I read something. I was reading a book, um, and there was something about running. And there was something someone said like, "The faster my workouts get, the slower my easy runs get." Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, that's such a good like reminder mm-hmm. of we don't need to hammer all the time." And actually, if we're working really hard, then it, we should take more time to recover and like, just slow down. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. So before we wrap up and ask you just some rapid fire questions, which are always fun, you know, you've, we've talked a lot about your evolution of running and, you know, even when you decided that you wanted to pursue running over soccer, you were sort of thinking, taking the long view and like, okay, running is always going to be a part of me. So 
when you think about running in the next, you know, 10, 20, 30 years, like what does that look like for you? Do you want to do, you know, more trail races? Is is there racing in your future? Maybe is there a road marathon in your future? Um, no pressure. Or is it just something that you want to continue to enjoy and love and sort of like go with the flow? Um, that's a great question. Um, I, I definitely see more trail races in my future. Mm -hmm. I've been really loving those and getting to know that community more. Um, and like the places it takes you, I think is really incredible. Like you get to see it an area in a whole new way with running. Um, so I definitely see trail more trail races, um, in the future. And, but as far as training wise, I think it kind of ebbs and flows because I am living in Colorado now and it does snow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, as far as training wise, like I, run a lot in the summers, springs and falls, but in the winter I've kind of been getting into like ski touring and I, I haven't gotten into cross country skiing yet, but we'll see. You um, could come full circle and you would be like, oh, this is what I thought I was initially <laughs> signing up for way back when. Yeah. 15 years later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, but as far as training wise, I'd say just like really enjoying the process and, um, getting out there with other friends and my dog. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. but I definitely see, um, some like destination trail races would be a dream. <laughs> awesome. So we're going to end with some rapid fire questions. Um, what is your favorite place for a long run in the Bay area? Oh, Oh my gosh, Vanessa and I, um, we would drive to Half Moon Bay mm. and do runs there on this like single track trail that was really beautiful. Um, and um, where else would we go? Yeah, that I loved like driving to the beach areas um, in Pacifica and going for runs there. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, those were my favorite places. Cause it kind of allowed me to like get out of the Stanford bubble. I loved Stanford, but it was nice to like get away to the beach every now and then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's like that trail that goes, that like hugs the coastline. It's so pretty. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite race distance? Oh, my favorite race distance. Okay. Well, if you asked me like years ago, I would say <laughs> mile <laughs> mm -hmm. for sure. I love the mile or the 1500. And I still love those races. I think watching a 1500, um, is really fascinating. Um, and it's yeah. tactical and it's endurance and it's sprinting. It's a little bit of everything. Um, now to run personally, um, I would say I've really been enjoying like sort of longer side of things like half mm -hmm. marathons or 10 Ks, mm -hmm. um, on trails. So, <laughs> nice. okay. Beach or mountain? Oh no. You're really <laughs> going to make me pick yep. <laughs> both. 
um, ideally, like I could spend six months of the year at the beach and six months in the mountains. <laughs> Um, I don't know what six months that would be, but maybe I'll be like a traveling OT and be able to do both. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay. I like that. Uh, do you listen to podcasts, music or nothing when you're running? Um, I listen to music out loud, um, like mm-hmm. not with headphones because mm-hmm. on the trails, I like to be able to like hear if there's a bear or something yeah. <laughs> um, or another person. So I won't listen with headphones if I'm on a trail, uh, mainly music, but recently I've been listening to my uh, lectures for school oh. <laughs> while I'm on yeah. runs because <laughs> they're recorded so I can listen That's to them. So good. Yeah. <laughs> That's multitasking <laughs> at its finest. Yes, exactly. <laughs> When you're skiing, is your favorite run a like fast flat run, a mogul run, or in the trees? Oh, um, in the trees. So I mainly snowboard. I'm getting back into skiing, but I love snowboarding and like tree runs on a powder day on my snowboard are a dream. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Uh, what are you eating when you're doing long, your long trail runs now? Do you have any nutrition during the run? Um, I really, it's hard for me to eat during long runs, but I know I need to. So I really like, um, I'm not a fan of the goos or the gels. I tried Mm -hmm. one before a trail race and my stomach hurt the whole time. Mm -hmm. Um, but I really like, Fig Newtons. I've noticed I can actually have an appetite for those when I'm running, which is random, but I like them. And I like having just peanut butter packets like Justin's or um, like quick, you know, peanut butter like that. Mm -hmm. Or a donut. I love donuts. (laughs) (laughs) Donuts are great. What kind of donut? Oh, like an old fashioned glazed one. Those are my favorite. That's the right answer. Okay. And our favorite final question, burger, burrito, or pizza? Ooh, burrito. I love all of them, but a burrito, yeah, I can just eat burritos all day or sushi. (laughs) (laughs) Are there good burritos in Telluride? Um, There's a good, really good um, Mexican restaurant that has huge burritos that are so good after long runs um and otherwise though like living in colorado i've gotten really into camping and so like breakfast burritos in the morning Mm. are so Mm. good and can just like fuel you for whatever activity you're doing that day (laughs) we hope you enjoyed this episode of runners of the bay with cammy chappas you can find cammy on instagram at cammy chappas You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Runners of the Bay. Please make sure to subscribe in Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And we'd be so grateful if you could leave a rating and review. Also, don't forget to go to youcan.co slash discount slash ROTB to get 15% off your next order of YouCan. Thanks so much and we'll talk to you soon.